This is TJ from Undead Asylum, and you're listening to Backstage with Spike on Anchor FM. Backstage at Spike, episode 55. And I got here Brian Kroll from My Son the Bum, all the way out in Long Island. Brian, what's happening, brother? Hey, how's it going? Happy today. Yeah, it's going, man. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, absolutely. Well, people don't realize we do pre-record the show, and by the time I edit everything out, you know, I try and put them out on Mondays. So today's uh, St. Patrick's Day, and... Uh, Brian was nice enough to spend some time with me and get the show off, and by the time I do the editing and everything else, it'll be ready on uh, on Monday. So what's new with you, brother? What's happening? A little bit of everything. Working on new songs, staying sane, staying alive, one day at a time. Very cool. I got to ask you right off the bat, where did you come up with the name, though? My Son the Bum. Like, where, where did that come from? It came from listening to... An old comedian named Alan Sherman, the guy who did Hello Mother, Hello, Hello Father. Yes, yes, yes. But actually what happened was, <clears throat> I'll give you bullet points. Bullet point one, I used, I used to live in Long Beach, <clears throat> and I'd go to the library, just I like CDs better than MP3s, <clears throat> and I would do a search, I did a search under Rhino Records. Okay. And I see, see this entry, My Son, The Box. I'm like, my son, the box. What the? Can I curse? <laughs> sure. I'm like, my son, the box. Is that fucking, are you serious? Is that like my son, the coffin? What is, and I look, it's like Alan Sherman box set. I'm like, okay. Right. I take it out and I'm listening to stuff. And, you know, my dad had just passed away. I have to go over to my mother's. And I'm thinking, how could I like make the subject light? I'm listening to this stuff. I'm like, this might be from her generation. Hmm. And I'm looking at the album cover, you know, one that says, My Son, comma, The Nut. It has Alan Sherman's head coming out of Peanuts. The other one is My Son, comma, The Folk Singer. I guess it came out when Dylan first came out. They have him standing on an old wooden milk crate okay. with a mic, with, with a harmonica and acoustic guitar. And then there's another one, My Son, comma, The Celebrity. And I started laughing and I said, hmm. If I imagine if, if I did an electric Alan Sherman album, what would I call it? I went, ha! My son, the bum. 
And I went, that, that that's funny. I kind of like that. So what happened was I recorded an EP. Okay. Got a thousand copies pressed up. And the name of the EP was My Son the Bum. It still is. My Son the Bum Beyond Therapy. So I get back a thousand of them. And the other people who played on the CD are saying, you know, we were thinking, you know, it's a studio band, but we're, it's always us. We got to come up with a, 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 a band name. I'm looking at the CD. I said, how about my son, the bum? Like, well, that's not what we were thinking. But it, that works. Because the name of the album is My Son, the Bum. And, and, and it had one string of characters. And underneath it, on an angle, it said, Beyond Therapy. Okay. It could even mean, like, after, life after therapy or therapy. You're so gone that therapy is not going to help you. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that that's, that's so I had a thousand CDs and I had, I, I got, panels printed out and i took a sharpie and changed a thousand of them and crossed out my son the bum.com <laughs> and it became my son the bum very cool very cool so let me ask you a question so pretty much it's 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 your band that's your vision and do you do you do like hire musicians to come in do you have different people playing all the time or do you have like a set crew that you play with this, i'm in a kind of a crossroads right now where I mean, there's only one CD on Spotify, and it's probably, it's totally different, but there are like six different CDs. Okay. Um, so the first four or five had, thinking, three or four had the same same singer, and then, then a bunch, yeah, a lot of it's consistent. Because I'm working on a new album, but then it's the original people with a different singer. So it's, you know, core people, yeah. And, and some new people I'm working with, you know. But it's enough of a... Well, to answer your question, yeah. I don't like hired guns because it's a little bit more personal to the people involved. But free love, free love pay no bills. Mm -hmm. And in the words of a, a guy who sang in my first unreleased collection of stuff he said bry he said the ultimate compliment for a session musician a is that they like your music b they had fun c you gave them creative control d they got paid e the time went by quick and e they're proud of what they did and and the upside of that is i have my own music and I would do your songs differently if it was I was in a band with you. So the upside is you everyone wants to make you happy and they're not going to push their songs on your album. So it is a blessing in some ways. Right, right. So I want to thank you. And I still th I think that's true. So are you guys like strictly like are you just um, studio or do you intend on playing out at all? Intend. Uh, Everything I plan doesn't work, and everything that I don't plan becomes more permanent, so it's hard to say. Okay. But I would say, yeah, at this point, I mean, I ended up with the studio project because I wasn't finding the caliber of people all in the same room at the same time to right. play on the stuff. Like, the drummer on, on the original bunch of albums was yeah, it was a hired gun, but he's the guy that toured with Morris the Cult when their when their drummer died. Okay. 
and he's the guy that toured with Bear Company when Simon Kirk left for a while, and he's the guy that was in Richie Blackmore's Rainbow for a C, you know, for a CD. So it was like I couldn't find that those kind of people, and 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 compete with those the off peak kind of salary with the on peak kind of wages. Okay. Yeah. So, so it was it was it's a luxury uh, challenge to have. But I, I would be open to it at some point. But uh, I just got into this whole thing of if you go on YouTube, there, some of them, like the flight deck for Christmas video is 3D stop motion animation. I love that. That is just awesome. Yeah, that was my uh, that was my happy accident video. Uh, but it ended up with a world premiere on FearNet, which became what well, it became. It's now sci-fi.com. Okay. And I love the other one you did. What is it? Like no psychotic Christmas or something? Goodbye psychotic Christmas. Oh, man. What is it like? And Crumpus is like a backpack or something? Yeah, yeah. You know, awesome. I I must be naive because I didn't know who Krampus was. Okay. So, but anyway, with psychotic Christmas, it's not name dropping about the thing because I never heard of the site, but it wasn't in the video section. It was in the premiere section. Okay. So the thing that was cool about that was I, I wasn't planning on doing that video back to the, what I planned to do. I, I added a video called Death by Texting with puppets. They blow each other up in the, and, and they go to heaven <laughs> through St. Peter's mouth on an iPhone after they blow themselves up in a car. Yeah. But, you know, the video plugger wanted to do a focus group on that. I'm like, I'm using words like idiot, imbecile, and moron. That is, those are not politically correct. <laughs> And forget it. So I decided, you know what? I'm listening to my own self this time. They're doing this. Not to interrupt you, but what I love about the Psychotic Christmas one, before we get too far away from that, is the song and the singing is, like, beautiful. Like, it's something, like, classic, like you would hear on the radio at Christmas time. But what you're singing about is the hook is what makes it so, you know, fucking awesome. It's like... When you first hear the song, it's like, you know, it's, you know, it doesn't sound like punk rock. It doesn't sound like anything. It sounds like a real good, <laughs> a legitimate Christmas song. And then you hear the lyrics. It's like, this is fucking brilliant. It's like Michael Bublé could sing that, you know what I'm saying? That, but your lyrics. That, 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 that is so funny, that song. <laughs> I didn't plan on writing that song. Okay. No, I, I pulled into my dorm parking lot. I was playing rockabilly for whatever reason in the rockabilly band because it was fun to play. Right. And then people are playing whatever, shredding stuff. And I'm like, let me play Alvin Lee stuff. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I pull in. I'm listening to Gene Vincent, old rockabilly, and I start singing good, to a, a love ballad, Goodbye, Psychotic Christmas. And I went in, I wrote it down. I lost the notebook. And when I started working with the singer that was on it, I said, you know, I've always wanted to do this song, Goodbye, Psychotic Christmas. He goes, okay. So we demoed it. For, it was like 70 seconds right and that was the end of it and then i get an email from a guy on the college the fm station at utica upstate new york utica college saying do you have another christmas song <laughs> and i'm like no i said what's wrong with with flight deck for christmas and all night i'm twisting and turning i'm like why do i think i have another christmas song right there has to be another song and all of a sudden, at 5.30 in the morning, I wake up, I'm like, goodbye, Psychotic Christmas. I fucking <laughs> forgot that song. <laughs> so 
I, I, I used to go in the studio. I used to before he moved to Long Island City and then transitioned to video production. I said, "Hey, Mike, this guy likes the song. He wants to know if it's a commercial, a jingle, or a song." I said, "I'm going in the studio. You want me to finish it? We'll see what happens." He goes, "Yeah." So I said, "Let's finish the song," and I was. I said, put in those, uh, you know, piano. I come in the studio. I put all the jingle things in there. I edited the guitar solo, you know, and then I sent it in. And he said, is this an exclusive? I'm like, uh, no, I can't do that, but you can play it first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then I sent it to an animator, guy that I knew. Right. From Indonesia. I said, can you do a video for this? Yeah, so that, that so I didn't plan on doing that song at it's all. Just a, it's just awesome. It really is. Yeah, so. And that's what I like about, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, no. No, I was going to say, and that's what I like about, though, when, like, um, obviously, like, you're not signed to anybody, correct? You're an independent, right? You're doing this all on your own? Yes, yes. And what's what's cool about that is, like, you're free to do whatever you want to do. I've talked about this on other shows. Um, Like, a lot of bands are so eager to get signed to someone just to say, hey, we're signed to, you know, XYZ, you know, records, but... Meanwhile, you still do half the work yourself anyway, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, I mean, right. like I notice your stuff, like, you know, some of your songs are punk. Some, some of it sounds like Nirvana or The Vapors or Frank Zappa, you know? It's like, you're free to do whatever you want to do, you know? Right. And I think that's, that, that's great that you could do that, that, um, you know, too many bands are like, uh, you know, well, this is what we do and we have to do it that way every time, blah, 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 blah. You don't. You can do whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? You're independent. So, you know, if you're getting a following and then you put out something that's totally different and, you know, you can look at the numbers, it doesn't really fly. Then, you know, okay, they didn't dig it. No big deal. So you move on. You write another song. You put something else out, you know? Yeah. I mean, like over, over the pandemic, I didn't even want to call it the pandemic, but uh, I started doing these online sessions with, with, with the guy who sang and put together Goodbye Psychotic Christmas. That's Mike and myself. And, and 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 midi drums whatever um so i tried showing him parts and I, you know i don't do re recording so uh i said you know what i have like a whole shit ton of songs that i always wanted to do one day let's make this one day so to make a long story short in a year we got like 26 songs done and i would show him what to play and he built the whole song up i said you have a vision for it? He's like, yeah. I said, good. I don't get I'm fucking cursing. Right. By the way. <laughs> uh, as long as you make it fucking great, I don't give a fuck what. I don't give a rat's ass what you do. Right, right. And it ended up that I ended up with all these songs. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So on on that like uh, that vein now, how do you guys record? Uh, do you go into a regular like uh, studio? Do you record at home? How do you usually record your your stuff? Uh, well, pre-pandemic was different than, than, than during the pandemic. Okay. Uh, on Undertow, if you play Undertow, I, I went in, into my studio in Long Island City. Okay. Uh, and I, I played guitars, and that one still has the MIDI drums. Some of the other ones, it depends on the song and, ha and, and capricious and impulsive planning, like, hey, I think Kenny should sing on this. Hey, Kenny, you want to do this? So I, this guy said, you know, he was bored in his basement studio during COVID. So he ended up singing 23 songs. So, so, I, 
So I had a song, The Weather I Get, The Sicker You Look, was originally Mike, myself on guitars, and mini drums, and now the version, if you play it, has Kenny Truancy and Matt Graff on drums. And myself on guitars and, and Mike still on bass and, and, and back and, and his main vocals became background. So that was that, but I'm working on yet another album, which I backburned that I started in 2018. Cause I didn't know, you know, who's going to sing on it. Cause some of the older school guys were like, our guys got no soul. <laughs> like, all right. Yeah. You know, I'm like, okay. And all the ones that sound like they have soul, they sound like they have the same soul. So what's the difference? Yeah. I just love how, I just love how now you could just like, I could send you, you know, the stems to the song. You could put your vocals on it, send it back to me, you know, here in Florida. And I put it on and put it out. I go through distro yeah, kid and all I, of a sudden know, it's, it's amazing. That you, that's how you record, right? Oh yeah. I noticed you have different, you know, different singers and stuff. On, on, on yeah i i love i love being with us you know i love getting other people involved i think it's fun and you know brings a different energy i mean i record in my house um you know i have people come over here and actually record here you know but uh you know we do it one thing at a time we, we you know you put the drums in the bass the guitar all that stuff but what's cool is like i could get somebody from you know germany to sing on my song i just you know i send them an mp3 they send back the stem i put it together and boom it's out it's just, it's amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, we did that in the, uh, like, 2006, five, four, five, six, seven. Okay. Because what happened was, I mean, I would go in with Bob Standard and John O'Reilly. we do the tracks. And then the, the singer who lived in the, from the Bronx moved to, to Clearwater, Florida, whatever. And then... Then he moved to Tampa, then he had three more kids, and then he was, was like, I'm not flying in, sorry. So then we started, the, like, the drummer and the singer were on four albums and five CDs, and they, didn't, they never met. But this was before everyone did it that way, so I kind of was used to that before. But I don't know how to use those programs. I mean, I know how to use Wavepad Editor. I'm like kind of like, I have too many ideas and too many notebooks and too many recordings of, to sift through to do all that. So I right. kind of like try to do the one thing I could do best to contribute and then outsource the rest of it. Right, right. I just think but it's becoming the new norm. It, it used to be oh, like, yeah, yeah. you know, it used to be like, you know, you had to be a band, you know what I'm saying? Four or five guys, you know, from Long Island and you go and do the shows I think more and more people are starting to get like this. Where I mean, there's actually a couple of bands, and they, they, we call them internet bands, where you know five members live in five different countries, and they never even met in person, and yet they're putting out albums and kick-ass music, you know? Well, even bands like Garbage recorded the album, and they were never all in the same room at the same time until right. they had a tour. No I, under I, no, I understand. I think everything... You know, who's to say? I mean... It can manifest a real life band. Oh sure, and again too. Why does it have to? Uh, I, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I don't know how old you are. I'm I'm 58 now, and I've done it. I've played the shows. So I played. you must have had, just had a birthday in the last like month or two. Huh? Yeah, you I did. Just had... <laughs> you're paying attention, right? You've I know me... you're 57 on the Carmilla. <laughs> yeah, Carmilla. No. 
Hey, you're paying attention. There you go. Some, give that man a prize. Yes, I just turned 58. So, um, okay. but, but I've done it all. I played the gigs and it's fun playing live. I get it. But again, for me now to get in my car and drive an hour and a half to play in front of three people on a Wednesday night that's going to cost me $50 in beers, it's not worth it. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather just keep doing this like well, this. Well, now you have to go to, C- to Vegas to go to CBGB's, right? <laughs> yeah. Of- <laughs> is, to- is it a club or is it a closed store? I yeah. Mean, I don't even- Everything's fucking commercialized and redone. That's ridiculous. I mean... CBGB's man used to go in that bath. You, used to, you needed a diphtheria and freaking tetanus shot just to go use the freaking urinals in that place. I think you needed. I think that bathroom needed dynamite. <laughs> yeah. So listen, before we get too far gone here, I want to play a song for everybody so they uh, get to hear your music. Um, you mentioned a song undertow. I'm going to play undertow. Um, what, what, it sucked what's... into the it sucked into the undertow, not to be confused with Tool, but I. So when it's played on internet radio, they put sucked or radio. They play, they put sucked into the undertow. <laughs> so it doesn't get confused. Well, they don't do it for that reason, but that's the chorus is sucked into the undertow. I got you. So what's, what's the theory behind this song? Like, what was the thought process with this? That was, uh, entrails. What, what do I mean by entrails? Uh, it was I had these scraps of song lyrics I would write wherever they were. I mean, I sucked into the undertow. I was sitting at a red light, getting off the Meadowbrook Parkway on Merrick Road. Okay, you do just no like what I do. Go ahead. You make. I'm, I'm, I'm smiling here because I know what you're getting at. Go ahead. Sucked into the undertow. Throw it in in the box. I'm at my friend's house with his first dead ex-wife. That doesn't sound good, does it? <laughs> it's I history, like though, first, right? No, the second no, the second one was a de- is a dead wife. The first one was a dead ex-wife. Okay, but anyway, <laughs> and I, I was sitting there bored, and I'm like, I wrote down some things, threw it in in there, and then uh, I was trying to figure out if I played Johnny Window riffs like Jerry Cantrell, what would it sound like? Okay, but I think Jerry Cantrell would play, or something like that. Right? Like, how do I make Johnny Winter sound like Doom? Johnny Winter's one of my all-time favorite guitarists, but go ahead, continue. Same here. So, so I had been noodling around, so I went went back in the studio. I remember it was like nineteen. It was nineteen, two thousand nineteen. It was on my girlfriend's birthday. I remember because she was kind enough. Go, you're gonna go, you go. Right. And the song, I was like, this is beautiful. Four hours, the whole song was done. I love this. Yeah. It took all these, and it was like. Was trying to think, what am I going to do for the chorus? I don't know. I just it was just leftover parts, and I said, you know what, you know, this is what I'm going to do. All these things that I always liked and didn't know what to do with, yeah, they all seem to go together. I've done it too. I always, I never like, especially too, like with lyrics. If you're scribbling lyrics down, and I got again, like me around the studio, I got like 25 notebooks around here. And anybody that comes in the studio, my son's friends, uh, you know, my son has a band and his friends come over to and I'm like, listen, nobody can make fun of anything that anybody's written. Okay. Unless you've written in the book yourself, you know what I'm trying to say? So I got it. I always got all the scraps of stuff and then I can read out of the con, but I would never cross. Like, I hate when people totally erase it. It's like, dude, just put a line through it because sometimes that line will fit for another song, you know? And I've done that too. I've gone back through the books and I've had, you know, scraps of riffs. And it's like, well, wait, this part of this riff would go great with that. And then if we took yeah. these three things that I scratched out from another song, that would fit with what we're writing now. 
And it, yeah, I know what it's like to have all those little leftover pieces and parts. I think it's better just to go with the flow. However, however wherever it goes and edit it later. Right, There's right. The time for form, structure, but that's me. I, right. If I sit down to write something. Yeah, I'm big on blurt get, it out and then we'll fix it up. You I'll know? get blocked, but if I want to sit down and write a song about writer's block, I could, I could do that. Right. <laughs> You that's know, a good I idea. Mean, have a think- song called Writer's Block and just have like, you know, a minute and a half of silence. If you have Writer's Block, write a song describing how you feel being trapped by Writer's Block and being uninspired and having nothing to say. Yeah, and then yeah. you'll, you'll have to break it because then you'll have a song, an honest, authentic song about where you're at. Exactly. All right. <laughs> so we're going to play that right now. We're going to play Undertow. Check this out. was undertow 
Um, let me ask you a question. Um, I noticed you got a lot of traction here with some of these radio stations. You're big with uh, Indie Palooza. It's uh, coming out of our CBJ Radio and um, uh, Indies with Marky, right? Yeah, yeah. What do you, What do you think of the internet? You think that really helps a lot or what? The these there's quite a few radio stations and um, internet radio stations. I know some of them have bigger followings than others, but it seems like a lot of bands are very big on like. Um, you know, pushing and submitting their music to these stations. Do you think it really helps a lot or you think it's just, you know, something extra? If I don't answer the question, that's probably the best thing. I, you want, to, do, you, do you know the book One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Yes. I would like to know about our cigarettes. Well, when I was in college, this answers the question. Yeah, when I was in college, the teacher was reading all the stuff into down, how the guy's life turn. influenced the book. And he was giving a lecture at Queens College, and she said, "Go ask Ken Kesey. How come nobody was upset that the Indian that they thought was deaf and dumb and catatonic knew every secret and every conspiracy going on on the unit? Okay. Ask him why nobody got upset when they found out the Indian knew everything that was going on." And I asked him, and he was the bullet point. He said, "You want a literary answer, or you want a, a truth, a true answer?" I said, "Both." Right. He said, well, the real answer is the plot line was so far advanced. I said, fuck it. <laughs> I said, what's the literary answer? He said, tell your teacher to make up her own. It's got to be better than the one I would come up with. <laughs> you know, uh, here, here's the thing. You know, that's funny. And I don't even think of that as counting. I just, you know. I, I have a really foul mouth, and it, it would get me in trouble if I started saying what I really thought, because it's really fucking nasty. <laughs> what was that? What was that? I'm the only person I know that could use the word fuck as a noun, an adjective, I heard that. and a yeah, pronoun yeah, 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 yeah. in the same sentence. I, yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah I know. Um, I curse a lot. Well, Marky contacted me. Okay. And said, can I play your song Death by Texting? Can you send it to me? I'm like... Death by texting? I gave up on that song. Like, it's not that it wasn't good at the time. I thought, no, yeah, but, but somebody know. and he 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 seems to like it, so that's cool. So go ahead. So he liked it. So I'm like, cool. So you know, I'm trying to explain. I should be the convert kit marketing person. I'm like, yeah, yeah, this and that. So I didn't really set out to be on that. I don't know if did I set out to be. There's a guy in in, in Australia. I, I got. I don't get out of New York long enough. South Africa. Okay. Sorry. South Africa. Okay. Does he? Does he? Clayton. He's got a new. He was on an indie station. He's got his own, sh his own sh another show now. Right. So the Cranberry Merchants were on it, and they are the ones that host that indie Palooza show. Yes. So, does he play a lot of the Cranberry Merchants? So. That, and I, he would play my stuff, and uh, so I sent some stuff into to Diane, Diane Moore. I just send it in, and uh, so that's that. So, but I got to tell you, one of the wake up moments of my life was I was on Desi's show. He played one of the songs that we did during the pandemic, and Diane texted me. She said, "That that's you, right?" I'm like, "You mean that song? Yeah." Yeah. She said, as soon as I heard it, I knew that was you. Mm -hmm. I said to my girlfriend, I'm not even on that goddamn fucking song. 
I mean, yeah, it's my song, but the way we were recording, I had a choice of doing 10 songs or 30. Yeah, yeah. So let's do 30. Nobody's going to ask me if I play those power chords. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm like, I want so. So it, it was it was humbling to have a sound that's, you know, like, it's kind of like, like miming. You stop playing and it keeps on going. But yeah. So do, what do I think of independent? Do, do you remember the band Revel 9? No. Okay. Hello. There's a guy named Revel. There's a band called Revel 9. They used to play across the country. It might have been 10 years ago, but they played. I, I went to a bar in Bayshore and there it is. Revel 9. Somebody wrote on the, on, on the table. Okay. And I spoke to. He was doing the jam night at KJ Farrell's, which is one of the larger original and, and tribute bands. I say tribute band because cover band is, is is disrespectful to a tribute band. Oh. The more specialized. <laughs> yeah. like, Steel okay, Dragon. <laughs> all rivers lead into the sea. Yeah. All tribute bands. I I play the best Keith than anybody else. I'm like, <laughs> you're not Keith. Relax. Yeah. But, but anyway, and I asked him, I, this is um, this is my literary technique. I'm I'm putting what he told me made sense to me, and I said, "Hey, you know, hey, it's Brian Cole from My Son the Bum. I was on the Justin Sane show, which is now Killogic. Yeah, he goes, "How's it going? I, I came here just to see your band and to, to to meet you, which was true. I wasn't lying. Right, right. And then I asked him. I said, "Do you mind if I ask you a few questions since you've been doing this for a long time or you know, long enough?" Right. I said, "What internet radio? What do you think?" And his answer, I didn't think of because I don't play live yet. He said, "Internet radio. It's the friendships number one. It is the friendships number two. The people who have internet radio are still live somewhere in real life, and if they're part of the local scene in real life, they know the clubs where they live in real life, and it, and." you're friends with them and they like your music and they're nice people and, and you like them and you have a rapport. I don't know if you said about the rapport, you, you like mm -hmm. them, then they could tell you, right. You know, don't play at this club, play at this club, this one, the club owners or whatever. Right, right, right. They don't pay or they're douchebags. Yeah. You, you know, th this one's summer's Eve without, without a flavor. <laughs> This is a Ma Ma Massingill guy. Never yeah. mind. This is a Tampax dude. Yeah. This is a maximum flow. Yeah. This is a but anyway. Right. I worked in pharmacies too long. And I used to call that original flavor. They're like, that's disgusting. I said, well, <laughs> the color of Tampax original is the same. looks like the same. It matches with Trident original flavor. What do you want? <laughs> but anyway, and he said to me, that's where it's priceless. You could. If you go there, maybe they'll put you up. They'll cut, they'll bring people to your shows. You right. know, they'll get you. If you if a gig gets canceled, they could get you in somewhere else. It's priceless. I said, but what about internet airplay? He said, well, if anybody's listening, that's cool too. Right, right, right. I don't think he said it exactly like that. I, I don't want. I, I look at it this way: it, it doesn't hurt. You know what I'm saying? Um, but if, if anybody starts like asking for money or donations to play your stuff, then you know what? Screw that. That's that's not worth it. But it's no skin off my nose. Yeah, you want to play my music? What the hell? Go ahead, play it. You know it's great. I'll send him a dozen Dunkin' Donuts. Krispy <laughs> Kreme. Yeah. So what's that? I said I gave you a donation. I'm a, I'm a big believer though. To be honest with you too, like like I, I ask you know some of the musicians like what do you hope 
Like, where do you hope this is going to go? Like, do you think you're going to be famous? Do you think you're going to make, you know, big money? You think, you know, some band's going to pay you $10,000 for one of your rights to your songs? And to me, I just do it because I enjoy it. And if it's not fun, then I'm stopping it. You know what I'm saying? I know I'm not going to get rich. I know I'm not going to get famous. And again, I don't care if 20 people listen to this song or 2,000. I'm not big on the numbers. I don't care about that. I put it out because I want to do it and I need to do it. You know what I'm saying? And if people like it, great. If they don't like this, maybe they'll like the next song. If they don't like any of it, I don't care neither. You know what I'm saying? I'm just yeah, see, I'm just putting it out no, there. No, I, 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 I understand what you're saying. You know, do I? I think my delusions have delusions, but that's not one of them. Uh, <laughs> like that. When I was young, yeah, I was but, like that. When I was 18 years old, and we were playing, you know, Lamores and all these clubs, I had, you know, delusions of grandeur. I was hoping that we were going to make it. And we're going to make it. And we're going to become the next, you know, Iron Maiden and blah blah blah. And then when you get older, you realize that shit ain't happening. You know what I'm saying? But but it is nice though when people you don't know enjoy it. You know, and, and I'll tell you, hey, dude, that was a really awesome song. It really makes you feel right. good, though. <laughs> right. See, I, I gave this uh, um, stuff away for free in like 2010, 2011, before it became, when, when file sharing was still at the end with WinMX. It was after Napster. I, I don't mean like Kazaa. Right. And, which is like Yiddish for slob, <laughs> bloody, right? It's a chaza. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> but uh, so I gave it for free. So what I would do, was I put music on Django Radio, which is Radio Airplay, where you, you pay for a certain number of plays. But in 2010, 2011, they had a communication system where people would actually get and answer their in-house, their emails through the platform. Right. So the singer, I said, look, I don't have four kids, and you have four kids. He goes, why are you giving the music away for free? And this is before all this. And, right. uh I said, well, I would give download links to the site, and I would get emails, thank but your friends from the Argentinian Galaxy. I would get something, things like, dude, retired Nuck and Futs with songs like The Trigger. You don't want Nuck and Futs to be on your epitaph. And people would, I had a lot of, lots and lots and lots and lots, and I was like, yeah, this is amazing. It made me happy. Right. And the singer said, why do you do that? I said, a CD costs three or four dollars with an eight-page booklet. A mail is a dollar, and it can cost up to you know, twenty five dollars to send it to Europe. If they get it for free, I don't have to pay to press the CD. And if people listen to it, and you know, so th that was the thing. Oh, I have a song about downloading that actually it was called the RIAA took the computer away, took my computer away. Yes, it was. It wasn't a ripoff of the Ramones. The KKK took my baby away. away yep. Was no. I had a music friend in Germany. Who was telling me that somewhere in Germany, maybe a guy that if you got caught downloading, they, you know, the state can come to your door, arrest you, and Open up. your computer it's a state's evidence. <laughs> yeah. No. So and I'm like, and I had the program like pure guardian to me. block everyone out. I've made amends on whatever I stole. I spent like Open six up. to eight thousand dollars on MP3 no. the album downloads to Amazon. Yeah. To, I remember I stole. <laughs> Just so I hope Carmen will f smile on me, but uh, so I wrote this song out of my I had Pure Guardian. I'm like, hold on, if I can, I would say FBI host, Hessian German police, Chinese. I'm like, oh, Polizzi. I'm like, oh no. Yeah, yeah. So I wrote the song. So one day 
I was looking at the site and like the end of 2011. I was, why does that matter? Because Spotify was new. Right, right. So, you know, I'm positively negative and, and, and all that happy stuff. I said to my girlfriend, oh, there's a spike in traffic on the website. Hmm. So Peer Guardian must be some like imbecile website in the middle of bumfuck no east bumfuck nowhere. I use that phrase too, bumfuck. God. Yeah, yeah. You so can tell in New like, York. Why is... do you so why do you have to be so negative? Yeah. So I click on it and Peer Guardian, they have Toyota, Microsoft, Motorola. I'm like, hold on a second, this isn't bumfuck nowhere on the farm. I'm what what is this? So, and actually, I still have the picture. The name of the article was, Does Spotify Decrease File Sharing? And it had the picture of, of the then Spotify interface. And it said, My Son the Bum, the RIAA took my computer away is one of the three songs listed. Oh, man. And I'm like, wow. So, you know, <laughs> I'm a Yankee capitalistic pig. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not about the money. It's just about the, you know, hey. So I sent in the story, which and the story was true. I called up the RIAA. I asked for the president. I wanted to tell him I had the song, right. the file shares. I got a brand new secretary who didn't know anything about it. She said, sure, I'll do that for you. I called back two weeks later. She said, Brian, you know, I told you I was new, but two people didn't answer it and two of them did. I can't tell you which two. And I got a very strong warning saying the RIA has no position on this. <laughs> and I'm like, what? She said, but good luck to you. I'm thinking, okay, I asked them first. And my yeah. thing was, I'm giving the song away and the RIA can't arrest you for stealing my song because I'm giving it to you. you and exactly. it's about the RIAA. Yeah. Taking like downloading. And I sent it into the, the head guy at Peer Guardian. He wrote a whole feature on it on the song that I wrote about the RIA and the RIA can't take file sharers, you know, get them in trouble for taking my songs because I'm giving them out for free by choice. Right. <laughs> so that was my thing. It, it was like psychoanalysis is $200 for a social worker now for a 45-minute session, double session, 400 bucks. Yeah. Two of them a week, that's 800 a week, that's $40,000 a year in therapy. And this is bet more therapeutic to do the music. So I'm like, it's win-win. Saves my life, saves my health. Yeah. Cheaper than psychoanalyst. And I had an analyst that died of a speedball injection. So I'm like, and I'm going to live longer than some of my therapists. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he died of a speedball injection. I'm like, son Jeez. of a bitch. I was working through my abandonment issues with him. And he thought, <laughs> no. I was already done with it. I was done with the therapy. What? <laughs> you write a song got a dead therapist in my head <laughs> yeah. so speaking but of anyway. songs what, what about the i want to play the paranoid song okay all right which where, where'd you come up with this one well i used to hear that you know the saying just because you're paranoid not paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you right so i thought well there's something of a chorus. Just because you are paranoid doesn't mean that they are. <laughs> it's true. So what was that? It's true. So people would say that. Are you paranoid? Well, just because you're not paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you. I said, just because you are paranoid doesn't mean that they are. <laughs> and they went, fuck, that's true. 
So I had the music and I had the riff. And what you hear now is the original version is probably sicker. I just don't have it up because I forgot about it. Okay. I had a different drummer, a different singer, and different edits. Oh, shit. But, uh, but, uh, so, uh, I remember with that song, the producer, I was like, why don't I want you to take this part of this other song and put it in here? He said, but it's out of time. I said, it's supposed to sound paranoid. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we, we did the music and he said, do the reference vocals. I can't sing, but I do the reference vocals. Right. And he said, do the reference vocals. I go, what do you mean do the reference vocals? Well, do, I said, let's do the choruses first. I tried doing that and i can't sing so i'm charged i'm trying to sound like 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 somebody really fucked up right and he said do the reference vocals what about the verses i said what do you mean do the verses he said yeah sing do the reference vocals for the verses i said there are no ref <laughs> there are no verses yeah said, you don't have any verses i was like well no she goes well you're going to write them i go yeah he goes i'm going to push play and record just make them up as you go along. And oh. I try to try to act stupid, like, don't tell me I copped illusion. <laughs> don't tell me I copped, you know, trying to sound like fucking, I tried to get in stupid mode, which wasn't too hard. I had enough head injuries, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, 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 and enough, you know, residual substance abuse stuff, even yeah, though it's yeah, yeah. way in the past. But, you know, so I'm like, let me harness some of this stuff. So uh and and then I, that those became the lyrics that ended up in the song. It's fucking awesome. It's, it's and I played for one of my friends. Well, this version doesn't have it. Right. There's a Beatles song, bootleg that used had some Latin song. They called it Los Paranoias. Okay. So the original version said, "Everywhere I go, I hear Los Paranoias." What rhymes with paranoia? <laughs> and with a sick laugh, like what rhymes with paranoia? I don't fucking with crazy. <laughs> But so that ended up to be the paranoid song. Very. But cool. this is like the the sanitized version, though. But it's heavy, though. I think for us. So real quick, though, do you do you have many different versions of a lot of your songs, or no, just like one or two? Like I know some 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 bands and artists have like many different versions out there. Many. Yeah, I'm saying like you have quite a few songs with different versions, or just like just like this one. You know, there's no rhyme or reason. With this one, it was, I had it done originally, and then I was like, you know, I wanted wanted it to be different. And then, right. so I wasn't, I worked with a different vocalist, so I wanted to change it. But when I found the original one, it was the Killogic effect. Some of them, I mean, he plays Goodbye, Psychotic Christmas, but then he likes the original singer on some of the darker stuff. So I had it redone. I didn't set out to it. But then, you know, there's some songs where it's a historical accident. You know, I don't sit there and think, I have to do 10 versions and pick the right one. Right, right, right. Do, do, do you know what I'm... Oh, I yeah, mean? no, I know what you're saying, sure. No, I don't set out to have, like, like some people strategically do, you know, different niches, different takes, different mixes to try to hallmark the right mix i don't know a custom dialing it's marketing and i'm like nah you know if it happens like that it was just because like oh i have the song 
it'll cost a couple of hundred bucks. Let's see if it works better this way. You know, like that. Or I wonder what this guy would do, sound like that. You know, so some, something like that. But, you know, like like the Syringa song that, that was on your playlist. It was like, I didn't plan on writing that either. I mean, it was just like, there was somebody, you know, in my life that, you know, from, from surgeries and stuff ended up uh, on pain meds. And there were pre-filled empty syringes in a biohazard container right and and she was gone and 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 all that i would see with these syringes empty syringes and then there was a time when they weren't making the pre-filled syringes and they had the little ampules where you'd have to get a regular syringe and pull it out and then i said why don't you save those i might make an album cover out of them she's got hundreds of these little ampules yeah yeah yeah. i'm going to cement them together and make like you know, the diluted tower or something. <laughs> That's a cool idea. Which I, I didn't do. I was like, that. Yeah. so I walked out. So one day I woke up and I said, see, well, there's this pre-filled syringes, empty ones in a, in a biohazard thing. I walk out, you know, in the hall and there, there are hundreds of vials in, in like an empty goldfish bowl. Yeah. And I'm like, everywhere I go with syringes. And I was like, syringes and binges rhymes. And then they used to dream me of smiles. Not all that's left of your vials. Very cool. <laughs> but it was just like organic. But I yeah, I remember I read a review of it saying that that was disturbing because it had power pop melody, had a very pretty melody and and, and, and dark lyrics about. Yes, yeah, but I love somebody, stuff like that. Somebody ad- addicted to heroin. Right. I said it could have been Chris. Well, you know, not out of Crystal Meth. I guess maybe she was right, but uh, you know, it was I Lord. Sorry, yeah, you got it wrong. So you I think love you know stuff everything. like that. But I'm saying, so I don't set out really to to, to do anything with everything. I don't know. It's, I'm honored that you know Cowboy Joe. Right. Like okay, but I was friends with people. I mean, I mean, how do I put it? You know, because anything I say sounds like an asshole. No, but in your he, head it sounds like that, but it doesn't to other people. I mean, I mean, it was nice to be played on Kerrang! radio, right? Like four or five times, or some major independent, uh, like shows that where the guy, guys from Germany, ended up being from East Meadow, so we got along fine, right? You know, from he's from Long Island and Brooklyn. So. There you go. That's where I'm from, Cheapside Bay, Brooklyn. Two fed day. I went to PS100 for three years. Oh, okay. I went to um, I went to Catholic grammar school and Catholic high school. Look at how I fucking turned out. <laughs> well, you know, James Hetfield and, and Axel Rose, the Christian scientist. So you know that you know sometimes it produces the opposite of the intended effect. <laughs> exactly. So listen, before we get before we get too far gone, I'm gonna play now the Paranoid song. Listen to this. Okay. Everyone on earth has the same confusion Everyone's paranoid, they just don't tell I can hear the silent voices 
nobody there. I'm not paranoid. Uh, let me ask you a question. You like games? No. <laughs> no. Oh, but you can win fabulous prizes. What was that? You can win fabulous prizes, though. I, I love. Yeah, I had a fortune cookie with nothing in it. It was most unfortunate. <laughs> I love those game shows. Like they give like people. These people live like in L.A. in apartments, and they win like boats and like hot tubs. Like, what are they supposed to fucking do with this crap? You know what I'm saying? I usually say head games. Are- Head games are more fun. <laughs> exactly. Head games. All right. So we're going to play the choose game. The choose game is I'm going to give you uh, a, a choice to make between uh, two options. Um, you have to pick one or the other. Okay. You can't say to? you have to. That's the whole point. The fun of it. Oh, that's right. That's right. If you pass on it, then it's no fun. Um, okay. If you want to explain your answer, you can, but you don't have to. Um, but you must choose one or the other. Okay. Okay. All right, so we're going to start. Here we go. First question. You ready? Yeah. All right. Laverne or Shirley? Shirley. All right. (laughs) Soda or water? Water. Jazz or gospel music? Gospel. I don't know. He's starting to break. So everybody starts out like, you know, rock solid, like, fuck it, here's my answer. Then people start no, getting a little break. Then people are like, oh, maybe I'm I can explain this. I hear more, you know. That's <laughs> awesome. There's no right or wrong answer. You just, but you no, gotta gospel. pick one. Gospel. All right. How about Indian food or Ethiopian food? I've never had Indian. Me neither. I like Indian food. It, I don't know, Indian food. All right. 
the Clash or the Sex Pistols? Sex Pistols. Uh, broccoli or cauliflower? Broccoli. <laughs> Fender or Gibson? Gibson. Um, I don't know why. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, it doesn't matter. I don't have either one right now, so it's okay. I've always been in the Gibson camp myself. What was that? I've always been in the Gibson camp myself. Although, I tell you what, though, there's no fucking way I'd pay like $2,500 for a Gibson guitar. That's for damn sure. They could go get I had a 56 Junior. I had a 56 Junior, but of course, the, I could buy a fourth of a condo in Tampa for the price of that guitar. Yeah. I mean, they're getting outrageous. I think so. it's ridiculous. And even, even at that, a quick story. I, I've said this before. My son bought like a Fender Jaguar. Uh, uh-huh. I'm sorry, a Fender Jazzmaster. And the, the, the bridge actually, the thing was like a month old. Like it stripped, so the bridge sank down into the body, and he had to buy like an aftermarket bridge. I'm like, he's like, well, no, that's very common. I said, very common. You paid a thousand dollars for this fucking guitar. You shouldn't have to replace anything. I was thinking about that. You don't get a heart attack because Fender has lousy bridges. <laughs> it's insane, though. It's ridiculous. <clears throat> I I don't know. Actually, I bought um, a 2021 Ebony Les Paul Junior. Ooh, okay. And and I bought an LTD black metal, satin black metal Phoenix. Oh, which, which, very cool. Which which with with the uh, Fishman active pickup. Which yeah. one did I keep? Which kept, one did I keep? You kept the LTD, right? Yes. Did so you? my friend, my friend's kid was turning eighteen, and he had this Epiphone like hundred dollar Les Paul Junior. Yeah. And he, my friend, pulled up with him. I said, "Hey." Do you mind if I, can I lend him my guitar? I want to see what he thinks about it. Right. Well, sure. I brought it out, kids eyeballing it. And my friend said, he loves that guitar. Yeah. I said, well, how well do you know me? He goes, pretty well. I said, you really think I'm going to let him get attached to that guitar and <laughs> take it back? Yeah. I gave it to him. Like, here, wow. enjoy it. Are you serious? It, I gave it to him. I'm like, fuck. It wasn't going to match my 1956. Dude, I'm an LTD guy. I love LTD. I saw your the, the, the video with the, 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 is that an Explorer kind of? Yeah, it's the uh, the snake bite, the James Hetfield snake bite. Yeah, yeah, with the EMG pickups. I yeah, noticed that. The guitar yeah, is was like, yeah, man. fucking insane. And the quality and the workmanship is impeccable. It's amazing. And it's made in Indonesia, like my videos. So and, and, like, yeah. <laughs> like, like my videos. <laughs> All right, so do you say cut it out or knock it off? And I say, are you fucking kidding? Uh, <laughs> I say that too. Neither gotta, one. So would you be cut it I out or knock it one? off? You got to pick one. Knock it off. All right. That's the fun of the game because you got to pick one, even if it's not you. Okay, you know knock it off. Knock it off. You call it, okay, when, you, when you're getting a, a sandwich, do you call it a hero or a sub? A hero. Yeah, you're from New York like me. It's a hero. I'm with you. Okay, who the fuck wrote these fucking things? Red or blue? <laughs> That's the question. Red or blue? Blue. All right. So I'm a red guy. My favorite color's got to be black. Then I would say red. Well, not for guitars. You know what I'm weird? That, yeah, see, now talking about, see, and that's the funny thing, too, because I've done this with other people, and they're like, well, what's the context? I'm like, whatever you want to conceive it in your brain. Like, a lot of people conceive these questions as sexual or they pertain to guitars. It's however you want to perceive it. Um, 
But to oh, me, see, like... Subliminal. I have a blue, two blue cans of Lysol. Electro gel is blue. Right. A, a beer cooler with cassettes in it. Two of them. That's blue. Yeah. I got blue. <laughs> I got subliminal. And it's like, it's Play funny. The, uh, the color purple is so cool, but I never yeah. pull a trigger on it. Like, you'll see a purple motorcycle. It's like, man, that's badass, but nah, I wouldn't buy it in purple. Like, they got the... Um, Oh shit! The new Schechner, um Apocalypse, Purple Rain. The guitar is sick, but I can't see buying it in purple. I mean, as much as I think it looks cool, I won't buy it in purple. You suck. It's weird. I don't know. It's, it's the thing I got. Well, if it's guitars, that's different. I, I have purple and poison lilac and boysenberry walls. Okay. It looks like a it looks like a gypsy hideout. I said it is. <laughs> gypsy hideout. <laughs> it's a gypsy hideout. How about make it perfect or it's close enough? Close enough. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, wow, here we go. Yankees or Mets? Mets. Yep, because you're from Long Island. I knew you were going to say Mets. No. I'm from Brooklyn. I, I say I Yankees. <laughs> I don't know because I don't, I don't follow baseball. I don't either. I think it's the most boring sport in God's fucking creation. But if anything, I grew up a Yankee. You know, my household was Yankees. My father, my brother... Because we were from Brooklyn, but the Long Islanders, you guys are Mets and Jets, Brooklyn, Bronx, you know, I, they're I Giants I, and Yankees. I think I'm sorry, Yankee. I don't remember what game it was. I saw it, it was like, oh shit, how many years ago was that? Like 20 years ago, I don't remember. Right. How about fast food or fine dining? Fast food. Um, wow, here's a good one. I like fine dining better, but. Now I don't like being inside with people's nostrils hanging out. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm accustomed. I, I'm in a restaurant business, so I'm accustomed to fine dining. I like that. I'd rather duck on. Oh, I like fine dining too, but now, now, right now, I'm just every time everybody's nostrils look like a buffalo to me. <laughs> like that you breathing know the cartoons on you. Yeah, you know, like the, the Tex Avery cartoons and everything has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, oh, I, have post, I have post-traumatic nostril disorder from this thing. Oh, man. I'm like, look at the hairs in there. I'm going to go in there with a fucking garden shears and cut that out. <laughs> I love it. You're fucking awesome. I think of the same shit, though, too. You're not alone. Well, I'm, like, I'm telling you, like you're not you're alone. You're fucking kidding me. You're not alone. You're, you're kidding me. I'm going to give you a gift certificate for electrolysis. Fucking put on that mask. <laughs> Oh, man, like Uncle Buck. Here, here's a quarter. Go downtown, have some rat and all that thing off your face. How about- yeah, it looks like you, you have a shish kebab. Instead of the stick, you got your nostril hair holding the, <laughs> the chicken together. <laughs> How about this? Kiss or Twisted Sister? That's, is that a fair question? Kiss. All right, yeah. And again, I'm, I'm a huge Kiss fan. The beginning, after the first four or five albums, after that, forget it. But yeah, Kiss is just Kiss is Kiss. Um, how about this? Cats or dogs? Dogs. Yep. Me too. Um, okay. Can we talk about this or go fuck off? Go fuck off. <laughs> you can tell we're New Yorkers. Uh. Video game or a book? Video game or a book? Yep. Book. <laughs> Is that the audio book? Huh? Well, I'm, 
Any, however you want to read it, into it. Book. I mean, I'd rather play a video game than read a book, that's for sure. I, I like audio books. That way I can get a woman to read to me about codependency. There you go. So, again, well, so again, I'm going to add this question in. This ain't even on my card here. So, book or a magazine? Book. Okay. So, I like a magazine. I'd rather quick little information and I move on. I just, I can never get into books. My wife is an avid reader. She reads, you know, all that Stephen King, Dean Koontz, all us. I can't get into books for shit. Oh, no, no. I listen, I listen to, like, like uh, The Courage to Be or, or, like, you know, The Denial of Death. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, I put it on double speed, otherwise I fall asleep. How to torture your neighbor in 20 easy steps. You know what I'm saying? No, I listen to stuff double speed. Okay. Yeah. So I do, you, otherwise I fall asleep. So do you remember back in the day, remember that Evelyn Wood speed reading? Remember that? They teach you how to yeah, read down yeah, the middle of the page? I have speed, Evelyn Wood speed listening, I do. <laughs> Here's the last question, and then we're done. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Bam, yes, that's it. I got it in front of me. I bought 10 boxes of 100 sweet touch me tea just for the pandemic for my girlfriend. And okay. It's, I still have eight of them. But the coffee, forget it. Yeah. You do the Keurig or what? Nah. Okay, yeah, we got, I, the, uh, we got the Keurig. I just, you pop the little pods in. I must have burnt through like three of these things already. It's not strong enough for me. Yeah. But since my heart attacks, I can't have caffeine. I, I used to drink, no lie, before my first heart attack, I smoked two packs of cigarettes a day, and I drank easily 10 to 12 cups of coffee a day and probably had maybe five or six glasses of soda a day. Right. I was a caffeine and sugar-like maniac, and now I don't, it, I can't have any of that shit. I'm drinking beer like there's no tomorrow, my Irish whiskey, but, uh, you know, right. <laughs> I'm not drinking caffeine, or, um, and I'm staying away from the sugar. Right. Do you, do you ever try acupuncture? No, I, I, I would, though. It helps. I gotta tell you, it's the last thing I tried and one of the best things that have worked. Okay. Uh, but I do it with the Chinese herbs because, you know, I don't know whether it's from being New Yorker or just being in, in my family. It's like you, you're born with like five generations of, of rage in the <laughs> storehouse waiting for you. <laughs> yes. You know, and Chinese medicine, rage, rage, anger, frustration, unresolved, lingering shit ends up as liver heat partially. Okay. So I went, I've been going for like 22 years, which was an accident. I went to rehab and I'm like, you're putting that thing in my ear, but if, it, if I don't smoke crack, that's all, I'll try it. Right. Okay. I'm like, Fuck that. I'm not doing it again. But I ended up doing it because the chiropractor said, it's free. You'll try. And right. found out he built the doctor I never saw for all the treatments. But anyway, so it helped. So uh, I went to this other doctor. I mean, acupuncturist, a new acupuncturist. And he said, so what do you want? I knew the guy. Right. Uh, and he said, uh, what do you want? I said, just give me a treatment. He checks me out. He said, just give you a treatment. You feel fine. I go, I feel fine. Why? He said, you know, he said, dude, you have the wiring of a cardiac patient without being a cardiac patient. Really? I go, what do you mean? He said, your pulse is so extreme. Yep. And, and you have so much liver heat, stagnation, blood stagnation in your liver that's affecting your prostate. So I'm going to a urologist. Right. We're not recording this, right? 
Pat, we're recording. Yeah, you want me to stop it? I'll okay. stop it. <laughs> I don't care. It might help somebody. You never know. Yeah. It turns out I'm fine. This little guy looks like Slip Mahoney. He's oh my god! Surf, surfer and the guy saved my life. Going to your when you said Slip Mahoney, like, East Side Kids, right? You just totally yeah, brought yeah, me back, bro. Bowery Boys. Yes, yes, yes. Satch. Oh yeah. Yes. And and he's telling me, just did a prostate medicine work? I'm like, no. He said, then it's not your prostate. Right. I go, it's not. I'm going to some of the finest urologists. Right. One or two of them. And he said, no. The medicine confirms the diagnosis. I said, kind of like if you're bipolar and lithium works, that means you're bipolar. <laughs> he goes, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Said, okay, well, lithium didn't work. I wasn't bipolar. It was something else. But anyway, so he explained to me, you have so much liver heat. And I'm like, want to try the herbs i'm like okay he goes don't waste my fucking time bry i'm like no no i'll try oh, it. oh yeah i, I goes, like yes, a straight shooter people. like that go ahead yeah but i said look everything i thought that would work didn't work if i don't care if it's a placebo if it works it's fine so he gave me that thing it cleaned out the blood stagnation and it got rid of the liver heat and the other stuff and i'm like holy sh you gotta be kidding me right three thousand years of therapy and hours and this fucking I listen to music, go into a zone, I hear mixes like I never heard them before. Wow. You relax and walk out and go, who put that fucking cloud up in the sky? Oh, there's a sky up there. I'm looking at my feet. And so this, I don't step in dog shit. I didn't notice there were clouds up there. And this is the guy that did the acupuncture or no? Yeah, acupuncture. Did acupuncture and he gave me Chinese herbs. So who do I look for, like, for acupuncture? Like, what kind of doctor is that? This is an, acu uh, an acupuncturist. Yeah. Okay. He does traditional Chinese medicine and Chinese herbs. Okay, cool. But it made sense to me. I go, okay, you know, without being too like like psychobabblish, feelings get stored in your body as muscle memory, and they're still there. So if you're all full, the last straw is pretty easy to put you over the top. I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. And if you feel betrayed or death and grief and stuff, there's heart heat and lung heat. I go, that makes sense. I've had like grief treatments and stuff from people that died. I'm like, why do I get angry instead of being sad? I can't yeah. even get sad. You that's, know, that's I'm my like, reaction. Wow. Like when I when I get scared, if I'm actually like scared, I get angry. But it's really because I'm scared. I, don't know, I'm, I start lashing out and getting pissed off and mad, but it's because I'm nervous or upset or scared, you know? Yeah, I'm like, officer, I'm fucking hurt. I'm not fucking angry, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I know I blew the line. I didn't hurt anybody, but I had, you know, I didn't kill anybody. It yeah. saved lives for me to blow that red light. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I felt defiant. So when you get the acupuncture, like, does it? do you feel it going in or... Sometimes it stings and sometimes it doesn't, right. but it's well worth the sting because the tension that builds up and it's released. Sometimes it, it, it stings. Well, that's I'm, I'm I mean I don't know if it's the same feeling, but like I don't know. Like I'm covered in tattoos. I have a lot of tattoos, um, and I haven't gotten any in a while though because now I'm on blood thinners. All this bullshit. I'm not going to get to that to my heart. But right. blah blah blah. I used to love getting a tattoo because it hurt, but it felt good. It was like a release. Almost like the endorphins would get going. It depends going. on the point. It depends on the point. Okay. You know, and where you, where where you are. Some of them, like I get these head treatments. It doesn't sound right. 
You mean they actually stick the, 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 the acupuncture in your head? Yeah, no. yeah, Ooh. yeah. That, that was a weird-ass fucking story. You ever try to help somebody else and it doesn't help them, but it ends up helping you? And yeah. You plan it that way? Huh. So, so I ended up... Do they do like that Steven Seagal movie, like where like he heats them up and puts like them on Hellraiser? fire? No, like I, in Steven Seagal movie, I, I didn't see he that, puts them on Hellraiser and like he has incense on. He sets them like he burns them, so like they get hot the needles as they're in them. I know some schools might do that. Yeah. You know, they they have different things. There's Japanese acupuncture and Chinese acupuncture. Okay, I've never had. But it's Japanese. funny because they, they say but like, the oh, head like point, when they put it in, it fucking hurts. Okay. Yeah, but all of a sudden I'm walking around. It's like my friends, it's like I'm listening to music and I'm like, I'm in the 80s, I'm in the 90s, I'm in the 70s, and I'm like in grade school walking down the hall and I feel like, well, how come everybody got old? I don't know. I'm like, dude, stop that. Oh, wow. Because I listen to all the people in their rants. I'm like, oh, a bunch of fucking pre-senior fuckers. Stop fucking whining. You're too old. You're over the hill. Your music sucks. And if it's good, it's difficult. I don't want to fucking hear it. Yeah. I'm not wasting my time on that shit. Yeah, you I know, mean, so. I, and, and, like now as I've gotten older, um, like shit that used to bother me or like weigh on me, I realize it's bullshit and it doesn't mean anything anymore. It really doesn't. You know, like you start to, as you get older, you realize like what is worth your time to worry about or be concerned about and what is not you know and it's funny like i'm at it's liberating like, i feel better now that i'm older like i mean i'm doing my thing i'm doing me if you don't dig it i really don't give a fuck you know what i'm saying i used to worry about oh what are they gonna think of me and they know i'm doing a good job i really don't give a rat's ass no more i give a hundred percent you like it you like it you don't you don't i don't care no more I got to the point where it's like half the people I'm worried about what they think of me don't even know I exist. Exactly. So it's, all me to be, so it's like they're all phantoms in my own mind. So it doesn't even matter. Yeah, it's true. So listen, Brian, I want to thank you so much for being on. This is Backstage with Spike, episode 55. And uh, everybody, thank you for tuning in. I mean, the show is really starting to get some traction. We're getting a lot of followers, a lot of regular uh, listeners. Um I want to thank you so much. And to be honest with you, too, I'm getting approached by uh, some sponsors, but they want me to do certain things a certain way, and I won't do it. Fuck that. Um, It's my show. I'm going to do it my way, and I'm going to do my show. And I want indie bands especially um, to be the forefront. And, uh, you know, my mission here is to get you guys heard, get you guys out there. So everybody who's listening, keep listening. Thank you so much. Brian, thank you, brother. Love you so much. I'm what um, counts out and here. everybody, uh, thank you. Be kind to one another out there. Be tolerant. TV Peace. Shows. And what the fuck are you doing on TV anyhow? You know, I get calls from back home every fucking day. They think you went bad shit. I'm only on TV because I got to be able to hang around a casino. You understand that. You know that. You're fucking ass. You could have had the food and beverage job without going on television. You wanted to go on TV. Yeah, I did want to go on TV. That way I have a form. I can fight back. I'm known. People see me. They know they can't fuck around me like they could if I was an unknown. That's right. You're yeah. making a big fucking spectacle of yourself. Me? I wouldn't even be in this situation if it wasn't for you. You brought down so much fucking heat on me. I mean, every time I meet somebody here, the big question is, do I know you? Oh, sure. And now you want to bring your fucking license on me. No, is that I'm it? Just, Nikki, when you asked me if you could come out here, what did I tell you? I mean, you asked me, and I knew you were going to come out no matter what I said, but what did I tell you? Do you remember what I told you? Back, back do you up, remember back what up I told you? a fucking minute here. One minute. I asked you, when the fuck did I ever ask you if I could come out here?